0: Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we dive into today's comic, want to let everyone know that we've got some books on their way this fall. Hulk Grand Design, the Treasury Oversized Collection will be in stores in time for Christmas, so let your local store know that you want a copy or maybe you want several copies for gifts this year. Red Room Trigger Warnings will be out in September, the second book collection of Ed Piscor's Red Room. Pre-order that one right now. Let Fantagraphics know how many copies you want of that, how many they need to print. And uh, we'll look pretty nice on the shelf next to the Antisocial Network. We are also on the road quite a bit in October. You can catch us in the beginning of the month, October 6th through the 9th in Columbus at CXC. Come on out and uh, talk comics with us. We'll also be closing the month at Baltimore Comic Con, October 28th to the 30th, one of those classic comic conventions that focuses on comic books, our favorite kind. So show up there and let's talk some comics. In between October 22nd, I will be at Jacksonville Public Library for a comic and zine fest. And with those bills paid, time to look at John Byrne's Marvel-DC crossover from 1995, Dark Side versus Galactus, The Hunger. So many interesting parts of this book for me. One, this is 1995, John Byrne. At this point, I met John Byrne in 1995. He was doing my favorite book of his, Next Men, uh, getting near the end of that. But this is also the time when comics are really starting to uh, tank hard. And you start to see like Marvel and DC hot shotting, trying to sell books. So uh, why not let John Byrne, very uh, big Jack Kirby fan, take on some of Jack Kirby's biggest creations in this crossover? We would see a lot of Marvel and DC crossovers following this book, but this is one of those early ones. And I mean, Byrne probably near the peak of his, uh, you know, the, the end of that mature period of his and taken on characters that he certainly professed love for. So, pretty fun uh, setup.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is that exact art style that he employed during his uh, monthly uh, Wonder Woman run. And uh, it's, it's sort of a pleasure to see at this level because you know he has that reverence for these characters. Uh, the sort of elevator pitch of it is such a sellable idea. It makes so much sense, man. Galactus eats worlds. So he's coming towards New Genesis, Apocalypse. Of course, a great way to have conflict. Yes. It's so sellable. You made a good point before we uh, before we even hit the, the thing on, that this... Why don't you pull out another comic
0: that came out? Well, let me just do their, their final pitch line, Ed. When an unstoppable force meets an immovable object, <laughs> who will triumph? It is really like... That's Gorilla, Gorilla Monsoon he- says Heavyweight that. fight, yes, absolutely.
1: But these are two comics that came out, you know...
0: Maybe the same month advertised in the same wizard, these were uh both uh wizards hats, picks, or whatever that column <laughs> is um look at the difference, man. You talk about like new versus old, yeah, uh, you know, very young artist
1: traditionalists this is this is the n w a versus like the cartoony aspect of like the w w f Doink the clown versus like uh luthez I
0: feel like even the title you know the logo treatments even have that feel like different eras in a lot of ways. That's true. I mean, just Helvetica, very kind of functional. Very static. Here we've got 3D and italic going on, some some custom letter shapes. So kind of interesting to think of these as like old guard, new guard, and uh, everybody's trying to sell books. Yeah. So... Rick Taylor gets cover cover billing. That is the colorist, and actually, I think the coloring for the most part, I I, I mostly like in here. And Burn at this point is doing Wonder Woman. I think he just yeah, started I'm Wonder Woman you, a month or two before this. It's, so. it's
1: the whole it's the whole style where it's almost like uh, like a sharpie marker for this kind of stuff. Like I don't think he does like any penciling on that thing, and just this dash
0: like you know, kayfabe in the the pen line. There's credit down here. It says computer models by John Byrne. Keep your eyes peeled for those because I don't. I don't know that I saw computer models. Um, I'm kind of curious what that means. Yeah. So if you see anything that looks like that, let me know. Um, almost garish, the color. You know, we've got coated paper stock, so I'm happy it's not brown, but man, it is popping. It would be brown if it was on some newsprint,
1: like this kind of stuff. And, and you know what the colorist is trying to do. It's the darkness of Apocalypse versus the, the br- lightness of, of um, New
0: Genesis. But it's all just—it becomes one thing. This also reminds me of like the two-page spreads that Kirby would do in the uh, in the Fourth World books. Yeah, I think this is a bit of an homage to that.
1: I mean, John Byrne—he's—he's trying to, you know, use his chops to do a Kirby-type story that's paced out, but he's using Stan Lee
0: hyperbole in his in his captioning and stuff pretty heavy handed in some of the you know you can see a lot of text on these pages I like this choice this reminds me again of some of Kirby's fourth world stuff like the splash pages would have kind of like weird shapes around the boxes and stuff and you see the new Genesis versus Apocalypse to uh, contrast the two worlds
1: it's that stuff like I feel like uh, it was on like next <clears throat> men where he had the confidence to just go in with a pen and and put these kind of ornate details do his rubble that just looks like done with a sharpie marker or something Yeah, some of
0: these marks to me are very inelegant. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he's just like being real functional. Yeah, very fast. And I think that shortly after this, he takes on Jack Kirby's Fourth World, uh, a monthly book that he does for DC for a while with these characters, which again, I think it's clear that he loves these characters. So you get a little bit of a recap on, uh, you know, who these characters are, the Fourth World, establishing it, rehashing the Jack Kirby history quickly. And then we have this coming up. The source is warning them because... There is a destructive force on the way. Isn't there always? <laughs> it wouldn't be a comic book without it. And our first shot of Darkseid looking uh, squat and about as wide as he is tall. here. Just, just a full chode mode. Piece of granite. Love the way he's written. What do you imagine you can tell Darkseid that he does not already know? You know, this evil dark god. Very distinct character. It's cool to see how he has developed since uh, Kirby introduced him. So cool
1: techniques that uh john byrne is using right there
0: yeah and be interested to see this in black and white like is this even indicated the circle for the sun is that something that the colorist is filling in right you know some kind of fun graphic inventiveness i think this inking is probably not people's favorite inking of john byrne yeah, no i mean like, like that is crazy but i i think that his drawing is still here
1: oh yeah he's he never loses a step with that like he, he knows he can build a figure and twist them up in any way he wants man he knows all where everything goes
0: this made me think uh we looked at john byrne doing silver surfer book early in nineteen nineteen eighties, 1980s and uh, a, a huge contrast to what we see here and uh that book inked and finished by tom palmer senior who we lost this week yes. so rest in peace tom palmer uh but it, it did call to mind like a very different take on the character
1: Now, this feels like a little bit more thought went into this background and, you know, try to not think about the color. There's a Mobius component to that.
0: That's what I was thinking, too. Like, that thin line art um, even calls to mind some of the early Ronin cityscapes. Yeah. Quite a contrast, too, with that heavy inking on your foreground figure. There's just so much happening. I thought this was a cool sequence when Darkseid's Legion tackles Silver Surfer... uh, perspective going down as we're falling towards the ground pretty neat how that perspective works with those characters and this is going to be a battle you know this is before i guess the events of fantastic four uh 48 49 and 50 where surfer is just a herald for galactus so you're going to get some uh not just dark side and galactus but also some of the other characters that surround those characters and, and it's when, a it's a kirby love fest
1: totally and but when you with that knowledge it's like,
0: well, on what page will the uh, face turn be? You know? (laughs) And, you know, we mentioned how this comes out the same time as, like, Wildcats 21. You can really see, I think, the contrast in the way color is approached. Oh, yeah. Even though this is glossy paper, so it looks a little bit different, it is still those bright primary colors that that are being added. And I gotta assume that Rick Taylor is working somewhat under John Byrne's direction or was picked by John Byrne to be the colorist with this intent. I wonder.
1: Yeah, like, I, I... it's just that you know they had they had their color guys you know DC and and they were it took them years to catch up if they ever did during that weird computer color era because I don't know that they ever did really catch up to like a
0: Steve Olive. Well, I don't know if anybody catches up to Steve Olive. I was well, going to say they catch his, up.
1: I'm talking about his crew. Like, whenever they rude, buy, uh, rude, whenever days. they buy Wildstorm, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah get, yeah, totally. get
0: the Color crew on on a payroll. Um, so at this point, Father's like, yeah, it's done. Surfer has found this world. He sent the signal out to space galactus is coming cool uh, i think that's a good looking dark side i love that idea of
1: a herald like like this guy that goes out does the dirty work this is the stuff dude where like the panels could start to get murky and, and blend into it together in a certain way he uses enough black to sell you on the the outer sort of shape of the squares and stuff but these textures it's just he's he's he is blasting out fucking comics man
0: the texture on this page is really different to me. It is. I don't, I don't, I don't see that media. anywhere else. Yeah, it's... it's. Um, he
1: used it earlier, like, on, on some of these explosive kind of things. I mean, but
0: but he, he uses it exclusively for this
1: kind of thing. There'll be another one or two of them.
0: And the challenge with this kind of story is you do have to tell us who everyone is. I mean, maybe you don't, but that's how comics were made, especially then, and especially Burn that had come through, like, the shooter era. So you get the origins of all these characters, this being the origin of Galactus, and you see that's them starting sick. to emerge there. That's sick as hell. That's pretty neat, too, because you're color-holding some of the, like, Kirby crackle I mean, to it's, uh, the distinguish. Guy's, yeah, the guy's sloppy. Like, he's just cutting that line in. And there we go. Galactus in all his glory. I was looking at this and thinking about scale whenever you draw yeah. these things. Like, how big this would be as your original piece to try to, you know, communicate the scale of this with nothing, no reference anywhere. So... You just have to hold back on your previous pages to maximize whenever you're going to show this.
1: Using lots of blacks on the under planes of this technology uh, for where Galactus is sitting. And then just that spare blank line Mm -hmm. for that background really communicates depth in a great way. Uh, I don't ever feel threatened by a guy who shows that much upper thigh. (laughs) It is a funny
0: costume. (laughs) Um, Look at how tight the background is on this page compared to like the tech quickie draw backgrounds on this page yeah that's true this looks like he's using templates and uh, maybe french curves and straight edges like it's really a tight line in contrast with some of these other i don't know i don't want to say dashed out but it's a much rougher kind of line and you see it in like these crowd scenes i thought this was a really nice showing the shadow moving across across the uh the crowd yeah (laughs) pretty good storytelling too i mean how difficult is it to draw an eclipse you know in two panels and i think That's
1: it. Now, when we had that one big eclipse, when when I was working on X Men Grand Design, and you heard the most like yinzer people talk about, yeah, we should be in the path of totality uh, (laughs) around here. It's like spell totality.
0: (laughs) And Galactus arrives. It's great that he arrives on Apocalypse and not New Genesis because it sets up like now we're gonna fight. Kind of cool to see him, like, walking off as a giant and uh, all the defense that, that shows up. It does a good job with scale in a lot of these panels. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels tall, that low perspective, that worm's eye view perspective. Not easy to draw. I kind of wish these little figures popped a little bit more, because that would further the uh, that sense of size, and they're very lost in the background. Yeah,
1: there's lots of that, man. Like, like uh, having some of these smoldering pieces bigger than mm-hmm. our guy in black ink kind of we lose him in there yeah deciding where there's going to be some depth is uh arbitrary it seems maybe these are your computer model guys man
0: i haven't done it yet but i i plan to uh look up some originals from this and Mm -hmm. see if there's some originals online because i'm i am curious about like what some of this stuff looks like especially how it's aged because i feel
1: like it's just uh, so a lot of this is just like markers you know like like did it is it archival materials
0: yeah and it's not solid blacks you know we're not seeing like a solid black underneath this leg for a shadow or underneath this arm and i just wonder in black and white like how does that read mm-hmm. and he's been doing
1: these uh commissions see that's like a classic pose like herbie drew that pose when it when, when galactus like falls into a building uh alex ross did his version so Playing the hits, right? You got to have Galactus uh, trip and fall.
0: Yeah, it makes total sense. And again, you see some of these little figures fleeing. Um, you know, it's kind of great this one against Galactus's flesh pops a little bit, but you lose them in other places as well. When I
1: first read, I didn't even see them.
0: Yeah. And uh, this feels like one of those homage panels, also Silver Surfer coming in front of Galactus. Yeah, this piece feels Adam's ish, like like a
1: Silver Streak or armor was in this pose or something. <laughs> think uh you think John Byrne kept up with continuity comics
0: probably (laughs) and Galactus is back to work now you know he's just that uh unmovable object you see it on play there and Orion is like we just can't let this happen we've got to try to stand up to him you know if this was on his uh, thing, Genesis like it just doesn't happen
1: right yeah like he was just like and and I mean there's a part of it where it's like he's got to almost like save his dad you know because, yeah. like, they're all like, fuck it, man, that's Apocalypse. Screw those dudes. And he's like, oh, it's not honorable.
0: Yeah, it's funny. If he is to be destroyed, it must not be because we did nothing. It's almost like it's got to be at our hands.
1: <laughs> right. And it's whole, like, uh, you know, the enemy of our enemy is our enemy. Say what? <laughs> I mean,
0: that's what he's <laughs> thinking. That's what he's doing. Sure. And this is what you come for, right? You know, like all these battles of, of matching up the inner company characters with each other. Yeah,
1: $10,000 pages, man. Orion versus Silver Surfer. The, those, those old fucking fanboys. would. Yeah, and just in case that isn't enough, put a Galactus, Galactus in, in that background. There. See, you just know if it was like those image dudes, like those founding father types, they would figure out a way to get like max
0: fucking character interaction from page one forward. Hey, you mentioned the uh, Mobius kind of look earlier. I feel like this panel is very... some shits. Very uh, Mobius-esque. Yeah, man. Yeah, maybe even the falling is part of what I'm feeling there, but some of the line work reminds me of that as well. You do look at this and think, like, was he drawing this real fast? This is a 48-pager, but is this a—I uh, mean, I know he's known to do, like, three books a month. Yeah. But is this, like, a two-week book or something? Yeah. It does feel quick.
1: Yeah, like, you could imagine that he just, like, draws the outer shape of this stuff, and then you just go in there with your pen. You know, there's no perspective to it that you really have to abide by. So, like, you know, you just draw shapes. You could talk on the phone, Frank Miller, and set up uh, the Legend Comics imprint while you're fucking inking.
0: Get a little bit of Silver Surfer background. Look at how strange that is. I wonder if that's a computer model. Yeah, maybe something looks weird there. There's
1: a little some extra here by having feathering. Like he he didn't do that on anything else. Even when it showed this kind of explosive stuff, he would have that drag that white media, mm-hmm. but having like feathered uh lines like that, he he didn't do that before.
0: I find this surfer doesn't look as metallic or mm-hmm. like fluid as uh my favorite surfer versions look.
1: Right, and I think I think that's conscious like because like Ron Lim was drawing, you could never you couldn't tell Silver Surfer from Iceman. And that, I don't know that that was Jack Kirby's intent, so he's he's going more Kirby-ish.
0: Okay.
1: I'm, I mean, I'm just projecting here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a different treatment, you know? Like, even having such dark blues on, on Surfer feels mm-hmm. like something that's a little bit different. Again, I wonder, like, is he working with the colorist, directing some of these ideas or not? Right. Never know who to give credit to on any of this. And Orion finally just, Surfer's had enough, like... Here's here's your cosmic power frying him. I
1: always like that Orion is so ugly and clearly not of New Genesis because he has Harvey Peckar eyebrows. Ah, you know, like that's <laughs> the, that's the only thing that makes him alien. That's hilarious. Kirby does kind of a better job. He makes him a little more go- gangly in the face and yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah, those eyebrows are great. It's almost like eyebrows. Got the eyebrows. eyebrows. The That's funny. The
1: Harves rocking.
0: And Black Racer shows up because Orion's about dead. So time to take away this warrior to the uh, to the afterlife. It's funny to think of surfer and skier. (laughs) Gotta have this interaction, right? (laughs)
1: Hey, man, if Kirby kept cracking, dude, it would be fucking uh, snowboarders.
0: (laughs) And it's enough for Orion to recover. It's funny, it says Motherbox performs perhaps the least of her many functions. I don't know, man, that guy's about dead and and brings him back to, back not just to life, but in good shape. Like, he's 100%. from, From one panel to the next. That seems like a pretty major function. But they're underimpressed by it all, and momentarily they wake up. Surfer's history—they they let him know what happened—and turns on Galactus briefly. Something that Galactus doesn't care for, and it's finally like Dark Side has registered a hit on Galactus, pissing him off. And this is another one of those kind of unusual marks there. I'm glad that this is not what Surfer became. Just like a uh, gradient or outline. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. I could see people doing that, and it's not something I. I'm glad it didn't go that direction. Right. But finally, we, uh, we're getting down to what we wanted in uh, the Omega Effect. Erase you from this plane of existence. Well, that doesn't work. And what we eventually come to learn is this is a dead planet. There is no life force on it. And, of course, Side knew that. So what the heck? And he just, uh, that's Side, right? Yeah. Just pretty much messing with this guy. It's been consumed by the by the fury of the fiery pits. No life energy on this planet. Why did you fight me? This is a uh, a pissing contest. It is, man, and
1: uh, two of the great, you know, Kirby gods that were so misused that they are, are rendered impotent. Like in that Superman comic that John Byrne made, literally Dark Side. Allows himself to, like, you know, go into somebody's apartment, sits on the Shays' Lounge and is, like, drinking a goblet of wine and has a a VHS tape of, like, Big Barda fucking. Like, that's what Darkseid was reduced to. And these are guys, like, when you read that first Galactus comic, it's like, you can never, if you ever bring him back, it diminishes. Every time you bring him back and defeat him, it diminishes him. Yeah. And that's been, what, decades? Same with Darkseid?
0: Yeah, that, it's interesting to think of those guys as impotent in some way because like that's what dark side is saying is like we do what we must do. Like they're they're not pawns but they're they're not masters of themselves either. Yeah. It's like they're uh I don't know, who they are, their characters and they can't escape that. It's kind of kind of a strange comic, right? Yeah, and it's it's
1: you know the best you could do. Under the circumstances with these, with these fucking intercompany things. Nobody can let their guy be... be uh, lay down for the job. Yeah. You know? Like, they all have to be powerful. It always has to end with status quo. Like, that, that's the cool thing about that Spawn uh, Batman. Because, like... Say what you will about McFarlane. <sighs> he identified a difference. Something that they could do that's a little bit different. And he al- allows his guy to lay down for the job at the very end with that battering thing. And he was able to fucking milk it in his own comics for what became a continuity point with the shoelace in the face right. for years and years. And, and you know, why'd that happen? Because because uh, Batman did it.
0: Makes me want to uh, check out, like, Thor Ryan. The uh I get sucked into these crossovers now. We had that crossover episode where I'm like, they're all bad. And yeah. they all are kind of bad, but it's also... I don't know. There's we, a there's a there's an allure. There's a siren song in these crossovers for me. Now we didn't put it out, but we did Thorian. Did we? We did. It, the video isn't live. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's what, but it's you know, it's one of those extras that we did at the time. Uh, maybe we'll do a back to back on those two then, because yeah. it's uh, similar similar territory in some ways. True. It's true. And certainly and the, the the Kirby. You know, it's another Kirby love letter to this cosmic Kirby. I you know, we'll have no problem looking at some more amalgam books. It's coming, you know, like as we get into, especially in Wizard into the late 90s, there are so many of these crossovers. Like it really is like, and not just Marvel DC, right? Like we've got image Marvel books. We've got image DC books. Uh, it's just trying to sell comics. Every time I go into the little
1: back room, man, to, to couple together some future episodes, spider Boy staring me in the face. <laughs> He's looking uh, at me always, dude. You gotta very funny. Good to go, Jimmy? I am, yes. Gay okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel with the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, what's out there?
0: Hulk Grand Design, the oversized treasury edition, is now available for pre-order in your comic shops, online at your local bookstores. Tell your library to get copies. It'll be out in time for Christmas. So it's the perfect gift. There's a lot of extras. And uh, that fluorescent green cover is going to look great underneath the Christmas tree with a red bow on it. So pick that up now and join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see a lot more of my comics and art. Red Room Trigger
1: Warnings trade paperback hitting shelves September 2022. Murder on the Dark Web for fun and profit is the name of the game, man. About 60, 70 pages of extra material in this book collection. Get it at your local comic shop. Get it online, however you can. Uh, if you want to hit my link tree in the description below this video, you can get it directly from Fantagraphics. Uh, you want to read the comics ahead of time before they hit paper, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Ed Piscor. Three bucks for the archive there. Uh, Nearly 300 pages, if not a little bit more than 300 pages up there. Right now, as we speak, all of this material is on the Patreon, and the forthcoming stuff that won't hit paper for another six to nine months uh, is going to be serialized up there. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? You can subscribe to the Cartoonist
0: k e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist k t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Another great way to support the Cartoonist k channel. Given those marching orders. Jimmy will be on our way. Read more comics.